Hello there, welcome to the eighth episode of Run for Fun. Uh, again, I'm just recording this on a lunch break in my car, so I've got no music with me. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't uh, make you believe that um, this is even lower quality than standard. Um, it's all, yeah, pretty low quality anyway. Uh, there's no editing, there's no production or anything like that. It's just me rambling on about my running as an average runner. Uh, and I run for fun, so... Uh, yeah, that's it. If you've not heard this podcast before, um, give it a couple of minutes. Hopefully you start to enjoy it and then you can subscribe and go back to the previous seven episodes. The main reason for this podcast is just to give you the opinion of a very average runner running some, you know, some, some reasonable races around the UK, some not so well known. Uh, my thoughts on those races as I run them and uh that's it really uh, this will be the last one of 2019 uh, what i'm hoping to do in this episode is discuss the nottingham christmas marathon that i ran last weekend uh, i've also recently come back from a trip to new york so i can give you a bit of an insight on central park and what it's like to run around there then i'm going to give a, a sort of brief review of the year and also you know perhaps go through expectations for 2020 uh, and what i've got planned really it is a bit self-indulgent. I haven't got any guests or anything else. But hopefully, if you're into running, you'll find this interesting. And uh, if you do want to contact me with regards to anything that I've spoken about in this podcast, any previous podcast, or something that you might want to talk to me about for future, um, I'll leave all my social information at the, back, at the back end of the podcast so you can uh, contact me if you wish to. Uh, and that's really a review of what I am and who I am, what we're doing. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so yeah, the um, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the Nottingham Christmas Marathon. Uh, I, kind of, I ran it last weekend. Um, it was the second time I've run it. I ran I ran the race in 2018, uh, which was actually only my second marathon at the time. And this year was pretty much the same experience, but much, much, much colder. Uh, for those that haven't run the race, it's uh, based at uh, the National Water Sports Centre, which is I think called Home Pier Point near Nottingham uh, the, the the marathon itself is eight and three quarter laps of a rowing lake so it is a bit repetitive uh, the reason I did this marathon last year was just to test my mental mental strength uh, the previous marathon the only other previous marathon I'd done was London which was you know a, a completely different experience so I wanted to do something that was low-key um, with nowhere near as much support uh, it was very repetitive just to test my mental strength because I was thinking of doing some ultras in this year, which I did. Uh, and this was probably the first, when I did this race last year, it was probably the first sort of mental preparation I did for an ultra because it was a case of having to keep running even though I was really, really bored. Um, but bizarrely, when I when I did it last year, I, I quite enjoyed it. So I thought, you know what, I'll do it again this year. So yeah, ran that last weekend. Not a lot to talk about other than the fact that it's, uh, like I say, eight and three quarter laps of a rowing lake. You do the, the sort of three quarter lap to start off with and then eight full laps after it. Once you've done the first lap, there's nothing new to learn. It's just a rowing lake on your left hand side, whichever way you are running. And on the, your right hand side will be trees. Uh, there are a couple of cheer points which are cheered by volunteers uh, from the organisers. Uh, one of them is you cross over the start-finish line. It's like a, well, it's not really a water station. It's more of a, an ultra-style aid, aid station, really, because they have water, electrolyte, cakes, crisps, all sorts of things there. 
there's a few people cheering you on there there may be another 800 meters up one side of the lake there's um they have a loudspeaker with music and christmas songs and someone high-fiving you and shouting your name out and things to give you a bit of a boost and then there's nothing then for probably well until you get to the other side of the lake so that's that's probably two and a half miles later so every two and a half, three miles, there's, there's someone there to cheer you on, whether it be your family or friends or, or someone from the, the organising of the, the organiser of the race. Um, but other than that, there's very little support. Uh, you get the odd family member and, of a runner sort of walking the opposite way around the lake and they cheer on everyone, but there's probably 300 runners and probably, a, I don't know, 100 people on the whole course supporting. Um... I didn't quite enjoy it so much this year. The, the course wasn't a problem. It was just the fact that it was so, so cold. Uh, I think when I started my car in the morning, it was it was minus two. When I got to the um, start area, it was zero degrees in my car. And I think when I got in my car at the end of the race, <coughs> it was zero, maybe even minus one. Uh, there was a thick fog on the day, so you couldn't see the other side of the lake. And this fog just held the cold. I mean, I had um, a couple of layers on up top. I wore shorts because I just can't, I find it uncomfortable running in leggings. So and I don't mind cold legs. So that was okay. But a short slit with my running vest and a long sleeve top underneath. I had a buff around my face. Uh, they gave out Christmas as uh, like Santa hats, which I wore one of those for the whole race on my head. I wore gloves as well, um, <clears throat> and just got really cold. Um, the aim, the aim of the marathon was to try and get to as near as 4.30 as I could. For those that have heard this podcast before, they know that in September I got a PB of 4.37 at Berlin earlier on in the year. And, um, and this year at the Nottingham Christmas Marathon, I didn't notice them last year, but this year they had paces. So I sort of latched onto the 4.30 pacer and um, off we went. So yeah, the race started as normal, two or 300 people streaming over the start line. Uh, kept up with a 4.30 pacer. Uh, we were running around about sort of 10, 15 minute miles, which is comfortable. Uh, for the first four or five miles, it, it does feel a bit slow for me um, because that's the way I normally pace a marathon. I normally try and get the first sort of four or five miles run at a pace that feels a little bit too slow just so that I can save some energy um, for, for later on in the race i mean my my natural pace is if i'm just going for an easy long run my natural pace that i seem to fall into is about nine minute miling so this was about a minute per mile slower than normal um, but it was with a 430 pacer so i trusted the, the pacer she's listening to her talking she's experienced she's run ultras and and i think about 70 marathons so i was uh, happy to trust her and her timing and everything was going to plan. There was a group of about, probably about 10 of us at the start. And by about mile 10, there was about six of us left. And uh, yeah, it, it all went perfectly until mile 18. I was just coming around one of the bends of the lake. And I felt the mildest twinges in my right Achilles. Um, but I, I remember just going, you know, making an audible, ow. One or two looked round at me and then carried on running. I carried on running for about two or 300 metres but something just wasn't right. So um, when I got round to the, the start-finish line, which was about, yeah, probably four or 500 metres from where I felt the twinge, um, I stopped at the aid, at the water station, aid station bit, 
had a drink of water, just had a couple of minutes just to sort of massage my calf and, and just assess if there's anything really bad with my ankle. Um, nothing really too much, so I thought I'd just give a go running it off. Um, at this point I had, um, I think I had about three laps to do maybe, two maybe three laps. So well, I'll certainly try and do one lap, <clears throat> see how we get on. Um, and I, I, yeah, I went from there, mile 18, to, to finish it at the 26.2 miles, but I don't know, I was just conscious that this this ankle might might go again. It wasn't really hurting, I could sort of run it off, but I didn't want to push it in case it did really go. Uh, so I dropped my pace by a couple of minutes per mile, um, and then that meant that I finished the race in uh, five hours, um, I've got my time here, I've written it down, that's, that's preparation for you. Uh, five hours, one minute and eight seconds, according to my watch. I've not had the official timing yet, so yeah, but you're looking at about five hours one, um, which is about 20-odd minutes slower than I was, well, certainly half an hour slower than I was hoping. 20-odd minutes slower than my PB, but I got round. Um, the only thing was is that as I'd slowed down, the last sort of four or five miles, I was running at about 12, 13-minute mile pace, uh, sort of run walking the, the last three miles, and it was just so cold that I'd forgotten about my leg. My lungs were fine, they always are. My legs were tired, but they weren't in pain. But the last three three miles, the last lap, I was just so, so cold. My, I couldn't feel my fingers through my gloves. My face felt frozen, which, you know, on the parts that wasn't covered with my buff. And my arms just felt like I hadn't got any layers of clothing on. It was just freezing cold. So uh, the last three or four miles were a bit of a sort of a death march back to the finish. Uh, but yeah, got it done, just over five hours. Um, but yeah, that's it really, there's not a lot to say about the Nottingham Marathon. I can't really guide you through a, a lovely route because it is just eight laps of a lake. Um, but very good if you're preparing for any sort of mental um, test. Maybe you're going for an, you know, you've stepped up from half to a marathon to an ultra. You've got an ultra coming up or in the spring or next year. Then this kind of looped event, is um, oh, excuse me. It's probably ideal just to just to get them, you know, get you used to the monotony of just doing something repetitively for hours without any real change. Um, but as an event, like I say take away the cold. And if I was talking about it for my first time, yeah, great. I mean, they have Christmas music; everyone's in a good mood. It's just this year; it was just really, really cold. Uh, but it's another one under the belt, so. Yeah, that's the, the Nottingham Christmas Marathon. Um, if you just search Nottingham Christmas Marathon on Google or on, I think, Facebook, uh, it'll bring up their Facebook page or their website, and you can get more information. Uh, one good thing about it is that you pay a flat fee, and uh, this year, when I started scrolling through the photos, I got to about 4,000 photos and found a couple with me in, but I waited a couple more days, and you can actually search by bib number or shirt colour, um, but all the photos are free to download, so you haven't got to pay twenty, thirty pound for your photos afterwards. Uh, you can just download what you want and uh, save them to your phone, your computer, to a memory stick, whatever. So that's all good. The fact that it's all included in the price. Uh, the goodie bag is a little Christmas stocking with a selection box, and there was a let me think, it was a bottle of water and a little bag of Haribo. So nothing extravagant, but then everything you need. Chocolate is good. Water is good when you've had a run, and some Haribo. Never, never, uh, you know, knock back a bag of Haribo. So, yeah, no sort of leaflets, no crap, no waffle in it, just the basics. And, uh, yeah, pretty good. 
So, yeah, Nottingham Christmas Marathon. If you've not done it, give it a go. If you fancy a circular, repetitive route, because you're not sure if you're going to make the 26.2 miles, this is ideal, because if you if you do get to 20 miles and it really, really isn't for you, you can just stop. And you're right near the finish line where the, you know, the... Um, race headquarters are and the car parks and everything so yeah it's a good one uh, so that's my, my race that i've done in uh, over the weekend um the previous weekend i actually went for a trip with a friend of mine um over to new york to go and watch some uh, american football and basketball uh, but while i was there i managed to get up on the the um let me think saturday morning and have a run to central park uh, the hotel we were at was based around about two and a half, about two miles from Central Park. So it was pretty easy, just up Fifth Avenue to the corner of Central Park. And the reason for my run was to go and see the Fred LeBeau statue. He's the uh, creator, if you like, the instigator of the New York Marathon. And I've watched a documentary on him. I think it was, it was either on Netflix or Amazon. And... You know, at a time when running wasn't really that popular, and I think from memory, you you know, you regard as a bit of a freak if you you wanted to go out running. Uh, sort of in the mid seventies, I think it was in America. Um, he started setting up running events around Central Park, uh, which led onto the New York City Marathon, which I think is about forty years old now. I think. Um, so, in you know, in respect of what he's done, uh, they've they've put built a statue. Um, as you're looking at Manhattan and Central Park, there's a, there's a sort of a big central lake, and he's on the east bank of that lake. So I ran into Central Park from where the zoo is on the bottom southeast corner, up the side of Central Park to the statue, had a quick photo with Fred, and then came back round Central Park via the uh, the side of the lake. Um, if you if you are planning to run on Central Park, uh, I'm sure you look into it, but there is actually um, it's like a a road that runs through which is split between walking cycling and running lanes so you can run quite safely not having to worry about pedestrians or cycles around central park um, one thing that did i did sort of shoot myself in the foot with though is that i ran up to the fred lebeau statue and then when i came back to come down to the south of central park i found another running track around the lake um, and it was only probably i ran probably th- four five hundred meters along the side of this lake before um taking a left to, to go onto another path and it's only when i actually took that left to to leave the, the path at the side of the lake to join another path that i noticed a sign saying runners for your own safety run this way and obviously the arrow had been pointing the opposite direction to the one i've been running so um that made me realize why the probably 10 or 15 people i'd passed come in the other way whilst running back from the Lebeau statue, um, weren't smiling when I said good morning and didn't seem too happy. Uh, but I didn't know. I just innocently went onto the side of this lake, started running, obviously the wrong way. So if you are, again, going to Central Park, there's a larger lake in the middle of Central Park and everyone runs uh, anti-clockwise around that lake. That's the way the arrows go. Uh, but it's a fantastic experience. It's actually quite undulating when, you know, New York is pretty flat, but the park itself has got a few little lumps and bumps, nothing major, but two or three little lumps and bumps that will, you know, you'll feel it in your breathing and in your legs. Uh, but it's just bizarre. It's You're in, in the middle of one of the busiest cities in the world. I mean, I was there at sort of half six in the morning, so yeah, it is, it is quiet. But at half six, quarter seven in the morning, there were, I don't know, 
there's, there's all those millions of people around you. But in the park, there were three or four dog walkers, but probably about 50, 60 runners. There was loads of people in fluorescent pink and yellow and green running. So um, if you like your running and you're going to New York, I would suggest and recommend that you go for a run around Central Park. Like I said, I only did one side of it. I basically went in from the, like I said, the southeast corner up to the middle of the big lake and then back again. So I ran probably a quarter of the whole circumference but i think the whole loop of central park is around about 10k uh, be careful when you enter because it's not just one path there's there's hundreds of paths in there and uh, i believe you can get a bit lost i mean i had to stop and check my phone a couple of times uh, just to get back out but yeah central park excellent um so that's my running done uh and my recent running um, the, the only other thing I wanted to talk about, I say this is a bit of self-indulgence really, it's just a, a review of what I've done this year. So um, I started off in January 2019 with um, my first cross-country race. I ran the Lincolnshire cross-country trials or championships, whatever, at um, Biscothorpe and the winners of that go on to represent Lincolnshire in the nationals. Um, me being me, I think I came 85th out of about 88 people, but it was a, a great experience running through, you know, ankle deep rivers and things and knee, near enough knee deep mud and watching people pulling you know their elbows are, they're down to their elbows in the mud pulling the trainers and running shoes out and spikes because um they've got caught in the bog um so yeah that was an eye opener and, and from then i've done probably three or four cross-country events that, that i did that one in january then i obviously you had the spring and summer and autumn but i've done two or three cross-country events since and, and really quite enjoy them um Next up is, you know, February, um, that was the Leicester half, that I did Leicestershire half, um, I can't remember where it's, Presswold Hall I think it's called, is where the location of that is, um, half of it's a running track, a racing, a car racing circuit where they do, where you can go and race a Porsche or a Lamborghini for the weekend, these experienced days, but on the day, obviously the track's closed, um, but you do about half the course on a track, the other half is around the country lanes and villages uh, surrounding Presswold Hall. Uh, for me, it was my first sub-two half marathon. Uh, finished in 159.33. Um, so, yeah, dead chuff with that. Would I do it again? Probably. That must admit the racetrack bit, because you, you, you do two or three miles on the racetrack, go out into the countryside, and then you do the last couple of miles on the racetrack. I must admit, the last couple of miles, I mean, I, I was probably tired, um, but they're a bit monotonous, just running on plain black... Uh, wide tarmac um but it's part of the course and you know it, and also it's, it's it is surprising there's one or two just long steady inclines on there but if you're looking for an early year half marathon and you're in sort of the east midlands and midlands area then consider the leicestershire half which is at presswold hall um this year it was run on the uh, 17th of february so it'd be sort of mid-february time that was a nice one to run um then in March, I had a couple of races in the build-up to Brighton Marathon. I did the big half, uh, Vitality Big Half, which is um, basically the, 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 the crap part of the London Marathon course. Uh, there's nothing really of interest on the course. I mean, this year it was really windy to the point where my legs were being blown into each other and I was trying not to trip up. Um, if you've not done a big marathon, maybe give this a go. If you live in London or the surrounding area and you fancy a big marathon, give this a go. But I personally wouldn't travel all the way down to London from where I live to do this again. Um, 
there's lots of other half marathons nearer to me that are more interesting. This was all right. It was, an, you know, it was an experience. But it really was the boring half of the London Marathon course for me. Um, and, yeah, I've done it, and but I probably wouldn't do it again. Um, then moved on to the end of uh, March, and I took part in the Oakley 20, which is a 20-mile course. It's... Um, two loops i think the first one is maybe just over a half marathon it's about 15 miles and then it's um i think it's, it's, well what would that be 15 it's no it's i think it's half marathon and then a seven mile loop at the end to make it 20 miles uh that i was just in preparation for for brighton marathon to build my miles up uh, it's much easier for me to do an organized 20 mile race than go and do a 20 mile training run that can be a bit boring so i went with a couple of friends and um, it was hard, it was undulating, and um, embarrassingly, one of the little girl that lives with us, her uh, school teacher um, passed me when I was at mile 11, and he would be at mile 17, I think he was about fourth at the time, just came screaming past me, um, shouting, hi there, how are you doing, and he was gone, um, so yeah, my, my, my little girl's school teacher destroyed me on that one. Um, but yeah, a good event, and I'll probably do it again. Uh, the only thing with Oakley Twenties, you don't get a medal. Um, they do this well; they famously brand it. With, you get a hoodie, um, a different colour each year, and the hoodie's quite good quality, actually. So um, yeah, that's a nice one for a, a spring marathon warm-up. Um, first marathon of the year was Brighton. Definitely do this one again. Um, I didn't know what to expect really, because my only really big marathon previous had been London. Uh, Brighton, I think, has about fourteen, fifteen thousand runners. Um, but we made a weekend of it, went down, they got an Airbnb. Uh, the marathon itself, you do probably three or four miles in and around town, which can be a bit up and down. And then you go down to the seafront, do a left, and it's sort of an out and back. And then you carry on past where you join the seafront the other way, um, again, to another sort of out and back. Um, and, yeah, it's really good, really enjoyed it. The last uh, three, probably three miles, I was running into a headwind. And if you've read about Brighton, that's where the power station is in the industrial estate. So it's not the most glamorous part of the course. But once you get round that power station, it's about three miles, I think, back to the uh, near the pier and the start and finish line. Uh, but this year, I just got battered with a headwind, and um, which is a common theme, actually, to marathons. I'll talk about another one later. But, um, yeah, he just zapped me. I was doing all right till about, oh, I don't know, 19, 20 mile. Uh, steady pace, uh, but got it finished. Um, but the atmosphere, um, certainly around town, was, was was brilliant. It was, you know, there was some section where it's two or three deep and the roads are quite closed, uh, closed in on you. So you get a good atmosphere and good noise. Uh, very well organised, I thought. And certainly one that I'd do again. Um, after that, back in, uh, in May... I had a couple of events there. The Langtoft 10K, which is the local race to me, um, just came in just over 50 minutes. Um, it's a 10K around villages near where I live, and, and that's all there is to say about that, really. Um, the next big one that I did in the year was the end of May. I did the Liverpool Marathon. Um, I've got mixed feelings about this because looking back at it now... Um, I don't know. It's, it, everything seemed good in the build-up. Uh, we seemed to get off the start line okay. The course was was interesting, certainly in the I suppose the first half. I think was from memory was more interesting than the second. It's just that the the second half, it's you know if you're if you've done a longer race, 
there's nothing worse than someone t- telling you 10 minutes into a race, all not long to go. And, and that's what I felt like the stewards were doing. They might have thought they were doing a good, you know, a nice deed. But when you, I don't know, if it's about 20 miles into a marathon, you're knackered. And a steward is at the top of an incline going, nearly at the top, mate, last one, last one, then it's downhill. You're thinking, brilliant. And then when it happens again, and then again, and then about the fourth time it happens, you just get so frustrated to the point, I'll be honest, I told one of the stewards where to go because I was just fucking ruined. And I didn't need more lies about hills and how many were left. So that put a bit of a dampener on it. Plus also the fact that... um, it's a rock and roll marathon. So you're meant to have the marathon, which I think has got something like a seven-hour cut-off time, certainly six hours minimum, but it may be a seven-hour cut-off time. And then you get to the end bit, and there's this big stage with music. Look, I'm not fast. It took me five and a half hours because it really... I, I've had a, had a fucking nightmare the last four miles. Just It took me, nearly, I think, an hour and a half to do four miles at the end. Um... So I didn't enjoy it, which probably, you know, put me in a bad frame of mind for when I crossed the finish line. And then when I crossed the finish line, the stage was empty. Now, yes, I appreciate that took me five and a half hours to run. But when the cutoff is at least six hours, maybe seven hours, you'd expect them to have entertainment on for the last finishers within the cutoff. And then it would, you know, carry on for another hour or so. But no, it was all closed off by the time I crossed the line. And another frustration is that you get a free beer token with your number. I went into the bar, uh, it's in like the Liverpool Echo Arena. You go in there to redeem a token. I went to get a beer for myself with my token, which is fine. My wife wanted a beer and asked where she could buy one from. And they said, oh, well, no, it's tokens only here. Oh, okay, well, where can we buy a beer? And we were pointed to another bar within the arena. And when we looked, went over to it, it's closed. Um, so my wife couldn't buy a beer. Um, I only got my free one, which we had to share. Um, so for something that's branded as a real big, I mean, there's loads of people do it, but for a big uh, marathon in the UK um, by a big company, the rock and roll people, they have marathons all over the world. It was pretty shoddy. Um, so I've done it once, won't do that again. Um, then I went into June, um, did a local sort of trail half called the Grimsthorpe Gallop, um, which is at a place called Grimsthorpe Castle in the, right at the bottom of Lincolnshire. I had no idea what to expect on this. So I'd heard people say it was a great race, and so I just entered. I've got to say, it's one of the best medals I've got this year. It's huge. It's, it was starred on the gates of the castle. So as you drive up to it, you see these big gates. They did the medal based on that. It's, it's brilliant. Uh, they have two or three events running. There was a canny, canny cross, uh, 10K, the half. And everyone sets off at different times. And, you know, you catch up with some of the canny cross and whatever. And everyone just, yeah, it's It's great. Um, it's quite traily, a bit undulating, um, so it's, it's at my legs a bit. I think I did it just over 206, 207, I think was my time, which was a bit slower than I was hoping, because I was hoping for another sub two. Um, but oh, I was lovely. You, you, I, I, I think the, the sections after 10 miles where I, I was a bit tired, and rather than push myself, I just thought, you know, I'm going to walk. It was a bright, sunny day. Um, There's plenty of water and water stops on the course. I just wanted to take it in, just enjoy being out in the countryside. So uh, that race turned into a run, which turned into a lovely stroll at certain points around uh, the grounds of a lovely castle. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely going to put myself in for that one next year. Um, it's brilliant, really enjoyed it. 
Um, then we go to August, um, which is where this now catches up with when I was doing race reports on my podcast. So I'll keep these brief. In August, I did the Sublime 12-hour night uh, ultra, where I managed to cover just over 33 miles. Um, I think the report for this is in episode 5 or 6. So listen to that if you want more information. Um, end of September, I did Berlin Marathon, where I've got my PB of 4.37. Uh, that was, um, I've sort of reviewed that in the last episode, episode 7. So if you want more information on that, listen to that podcast. Um, and also my last one, I've mentioned about the National Cross Country Relays. Um, so again, you can listen to that as well. Uh, Nottingham, I've covered in this one. And, and that's my year, summed up really. Um, it's a mixture of different length races, different experiences. I'm not going to pretend, pretend my life's like people portray it on Instagram. I had a couple of shit races. I had a couple that I never want to do again. I had a couple that were okay and a couple that I really enjoyed and, and got some good times. So very mixed. Um, but looking forward to next year. Um, again, you're probably not interested, but just for myself, just so I can listen back to this this time, you know, in 12 months and see what I'd put myself up to. But for 2020, I'm hoping that I can, you know, get my 10k time below 50 minutes. Um, it'd be good to get a sub 150 half under my belt during the year. Um, my PB for a marathon is 437. So I'm hoping to, to try and break 430 during 2020. And I've got two ultras already booked in. One of them's a 60k race and the other one is a 24 hour looped event. Um, so I'm just hoping to just not worry too much about time on those. Just the 60k one, I'm going to have to a little bit because I think there's a nine hour cutoff. Uh, but the 24 hour race, certainly just keep doing lap after lap after lap after lap. Avoid the temptation to curl up in my sleeping bag and just keep going until I'm broken. Um, so yeah, that's my plans for next year. Um, and, and, and that is really pretty much it. I see I've been rambling on for about half an hour. So I know you can't take much more of this without wanting to, uh, jump off a cliff so i can sort of sum up now really um that yeah nottingham marathon was a less enjoyable experience than last year probably because of the cold i ran in new york and loved it uh, i've gone through the races i've done i've got my expectations on here for next year um what i'm thinking next year is if anyone listens to this i mean i don't know if anyone does i've looked on itunes and stuff and see there's a few people around the world that do but um, if anyone would like to come on and tell me their story, um, I'm up for that because, you know, if you're listening to this, my voice gets a bit repetitive after 10 minutes. So if you still listen after half hour, I don't know how you do it, but if anyone on there wants to just give me their story or they've got a race that might be of interest, whether you're a race organizer or someone that has ran a race and had a great or awful experience of it, then yeah, contact me, um, via the social media. And if you want to, we can arrange something and uh, maybe go for a run and uh, and then record something. Hasn't got to be, you know, major. Like I say, it's not going to be high quality because, you know, you, you're listening to this podcast now and it's not the greatest. But, yeah, just thought it might be something different. If no one contacts me, fair enough, I'll keep rambling. But if anyone has got any um, stories or anything out of, you know, started running and anything like that, that's you know, someone might find interesting, contact me. And then uh, we could perhaps organise to meet up and have a chat about it. Um, what's next? Yeah, um, as you might have known from previous podcasts, uh, this this podcast isn't sponsored by anyone. Who would want to sponsor this? Um, 
So um, I make up a sponsor. So uh, I just want to officially say that this podcast is not sponsored by Elastoplast, um, the saviour of many nipple rashes. Um, I don't know if I'm just an exception, but I have to um, put plasters on every time I run, whether it be hot, cold, dry, wet. Uh, I think I just enjoy running that much that it excites me a little bit too much. So, uh, yeah, I have to wear plasters for every run I do. And without Elastoplast and their lovely fabric plasters, um, I wouldn't have any nipples left after marathons. Uh, So I'm going to say thank you to them by saying they're not sponsoring this podcast. Um, So if you would like to save your nipples or just buy some really good quality plasters, um, although I'm not getting paid for it, I'm not really bothered about that, um, just to let you know that Elastoplast are pretty good. Um, So yeah, buy those. Um, If you want to contact me to tell me about... um, you're racing, you're running, a race you're organising, something you want me to put on this podcast. I'm not doing this for commercial gain. I do it for myself just for a bit of, I don't know, I've, I can't bore my wife anymore. She'd leave me. So this is my outlet to talk about running. So if you want me to, to mention anything on this podcast, I don't expect any sort of gifts, sponsorship, any any crap like that. It's just... Uh, event for me for my running so um yeah let me know just contact me and uh, i'll mention it you know fills up time doesn't it um the best way to get hold of me is um via instagram if you search for um, my my instagram page which is lee hans runs which is l w e h a n t s r u n s it's all one word lee hans runs on instagram um you will uh, contact me that way. You can message me that way. Um, or you can find me, Lee Hanton, on Strava. Uh, you can see all my very average slow runs um, that I do on Strava. You can see me there. Um, obviously, you're listening to this podcast because you've heard, you've downloaded it from somewhere. Or if you haven't and you're listening to it with someone else, if you want to download this or any previous episodes of the podcast, uh, they're all available on CastBox, iTunes, and Spotify. Um, and... And that's it, really. Like I say, if you've got, you got me social information. If you want to complain about this podcast, tell me how great it is. Tell me how shit it is. Tell me your story or want me to talk about your your race you're organising or anything like that. I've not got millions of followers. I've not even got, well, probably not even got hundreds. Um, but, um, yeah, I'm happy to mention it or talk to you about your running. And uh, sort of, I don't know, what's the word? Network. It's a fucking awful word, isn't it? But, yeah, just get it on the podcast so um yeah that's it really episode eight of run for fun is finished thank you for listening my name was lee hanton and i shall hopefully speak to you in the new year thanks a lot <laughs>